Listening to Pompidou Review. I'm your host, Lincoln Bartlett, and I'm joined by the talented Mr. Matt Grippy. Won't you say hello, Matt? I like the talented Mr. Matt Grippy. It makes me think of the talented Mr. Ripley, which was oh, like a. Yeah. And, you know, I find there I have many similar qualities to the talented Mr. Ripley. I'm just a charming gay serial killer. No, I'm not. <laughs> Not charming, gay, or a serial killer, but I am here for Pompidou review, uh, and I feel like we need to we need to explain where we're coming from here. Well, well do you, you want to yeah. attempt? Yeah, I was gonna. I was just gonna. For those of you who are the uninitiated, Pompidou review is a review show where Matt and I uh, are going to be watching the television series Pompidou, which is a Netflix original series, and we're going to be honestly talking about this show because it, it, it's a baffling show in how absolutely terrible it is <laughs> well the thing is is it, i assume i assume most of our listeners have netflix and if you yeah. go through netflix every single thing on netflix is rated higher than it should be like even like lincoln was just telling me he recently as a joke watched the nicholas cage straight to uh, I think it was straight to DVD. No, it was in theaters. But the terrible the Nicholas Cage is, left behind is straight to Netflix instead of straight to DVD. Oh, absolutely, straight to stream. Yeah. The, oh, straight to stream. I like. That. I just I made that up, but I'm assuming that's See, what it's going to be. The but like Mr. every Mac even, even the <laughs> even the Nicholas Cage Left Behind movie has at least three stars. I've never seen anything with lower than two stars on Netflix. And what really. Uh, jumped out at me from Pompidou and a Netflix original series, mind you. Yeah. A Netflix original series, Pompidou, has one star. I think that's actually the lowest you can go. It can't go below one because you just put not interested if you yeah. try to rate it below one star. So you can't yeah. rate zero. So this is the equivalent of a zero percent on like Rotten Tomatoes or something. But it's on Netflix. Now, the thing and- about the, the television show Pompidou is – that when when I first heard about it, it it had all the promise in the world. It's starring Matt Lucas, who is uh, one of the Great Britain guys, and um, he also did that show Come Fly with Me, which is very funny. And he's a well known British comedian. And and when I heard that it's it's a silent like uh, a riff on kind of like Mr. Bean meets like Charlie Chaplin, like that that's that was the the pitch I was sold on. And then you watch it. Well, like, this is what it says on Netflix. Awful. On, on Netflix, it, it refers to it as a dialogue-free visual sitcom, which leads you to think silent film, like Charlie Chaplin or something, yeah. which – yeah, that's an interesting idea for a whole show that's a silent film. But that's total bullshit. It absolutely is not dialogue-free. They've just replaced all the dialogue with the characters – and I'm not joking. Like if you haven't watched it going into this – and I, I don't I, – what are we, what are we going to do? Are we going to recommend people watch this? I – I would say if you if you have like a morbid curiosity and, and you want to just see the mo- watch the most painful thing you ever give this give this show a shot you probably won't get through but, five more than five minutes like I did initially that's but we're going to do it we yeah we we agreed that it was so there's six to watch episodes that we would watch every single one and do this and do a review of the episode after it was done and so you don't have to yeah so you so you the listener at home. 
we are saving you the trouble of watching this show and, and giving you an intelligent debate, an intelligent discourse, trying to really figure out why is this a thing <laughs> and how did it come to be? So why don't we begin? So I feel like we got to start right with the opening credits, which just throw you right into it because yeah. you don't really know what to expect. And you open it up and it immediately hits you with a, a theme song. The theme song that, that like, played yeah. you in in the beginning uh, is the theme song from the show. And it is it it looks like a crappy YouTube like animation. Like someone made it on yeah. MS Paint or something. Exactly. It's in it's. The, the song, as you heard, was just almost... Pompidou, Pompidou, Pompidou. The, the third part that you heard was actually a, a, a puppet dog. I think it's a puppet um, with... Oh, it's definitely... A, it's not a real dog. <laughs> I thought it was just a real dog in a wig at first, but it, it's a it's a puppet dog with, with, like, long blonde hair, and it is... Oh, and we'll get into that dog in a second. The, oh, the, the dog... I have a lot to say about that dog. Very much a character in the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the most important character in my opinion, because I have the most questions about him and I'm hoping that in the next five episodes, we find out more about that dog and what his or her, I'm guessing her motivations are. Now, as you, you obviously know from the title of this podcast, the first episode was titled hunger, which was the main theme of the entire episode. Uh, it, it opened with, uh, a typical morning in Pompidou's life and well, I think we should, we, well, what, what do you think Pompidou what do you think Pompidou's I don't know who do you he think is. Pompidou is who is he he's I, a ex- describe him okay so well the opening shot of the show is it's all on this this like house it's like a nice estate and it looks like you know probably like a lower nobility's estate in a nice little parish in England or whatever and that that's the opening credit but then it pans down to a trailer just off the lot that says like Man- Pompidou Manor on the on the front, right? With like a. So are we meant to believe that he used to live in the in the mansion, but he like lost his fortune and now he's in the trailer, but he just lives right next to it? See, I, I, that was my initial reaction to it is that is that he was some kind of noble and he's on hard times, so he has to live on the the outskirts of his estate, but yet he still has a butler. So, part of me thinks he just enjoys slumming it. And doesn't want to live in his actual mansion. But but he definitely doesn't have any money because, like we said, with the episodes called Hunger, and right off the bat, we're introduced to the butler character who Mm -hmm. still acts very butlery. Yes. And brings him a platter and opens it up, and it's inside is what I I think is like a tiny sausage. It was like a a mini, mini dog. Like a tiny hot dog, like yeah. really, like the smallest, like a snossage. Mm-hmm. And he cuts it in half to share with one half with Pompidou and one with this weird dog with the long hair. Who's re- Do you remember what the dog was reading? I don't remember the title of the book, but the dog it was, was like reading your it. stick and how to fetch it or something like that. Yeah, it was something like that. And the the butler cut it in half and serves each half to Pompidou and the dog. And you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, what if Pompidou is the lord of the manor and that's the lady? What if because it's got the long hair? No, I on I honestly was that was the next thing I was going to bring up is do you think that is Pompidou's wife, the dog? Because it has long womanly hair, and then also well, they the, they seem like husband and wife, like yeah, they are sitting at the table. And they, this is a puppet dog with a long. <laughs> 
And Female they, way. They bicker, and then she steals his food, and what's his what's his response? Naughty, naughty, Because I think we haven't really, like, for people who haven't seen the show, we haven't adequately explained how people speak on this show. Well, let's just have a mock conversation between two characters. This is the whole entire episode. This is the dialogue. <laughs> So that is literally the con- the, the, the entire so this dialogue. Is, so like we said, this is not a silent film. They've literally, they have full conversations constantly. They talk more than most, some shows. The best way I could describe it is it's probably what English sounds like to non-English speakers. Because and I think that's what this show is meant to be is like be sold overseas as like anyone can watch this and enjoy the humor. Yeah, but the problem is they forgot about the humor aspect because, well, the thing is it, every single gag and bit in this in the show, for instance, the, the opening bit with the, the puppet dog eating his sausage is like what people who are unfunny think is funny. Did yeah. you get that feeling where it's like, no. It's like this like is it was what's... translated from another country, and we don't get the references or something. Yeah, <laughs> so the the thing that that because I'm baffled by the dog. Like I like the dog has, I think the dog has money because part of the plot in the beginning is they're trying to right, steal the stealing. purse from the dog That's because crazy. the dog has like a woman's purse, and they're like sneaking up to try to steal the the money from the dog yeah. to buy food. But the dog kind of swats him away, and they go, "Oh, I guess we won't be able to get the the money from the dog." But wh- so the, if so, the dog is like the one, the like the one with the real money. But she just seems to not give a shit. No, because she doesn't go on any of their adventures to find food. She's no. good. She yeah. ate the hot dog. The dog just stays at home the entire time. The dog the is episode. not in the episode enough, nearly enough. I wanted to see a whole episode about that dog, and I'm hoping we do. Yeah, I think the dog is actually the 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 most the white. I, I I'm 100 in the camp that it that's his wife. That yeah. he's, he's an actual nobleman just slumming it because he has no money and he married his dog. But the thing is, the the dog is not the only personified animal. Later in the episode, um, when Pompidou decides that he wants to get some food, he he decides to go fishing um, with because a, a fisherman shows up randomly to their house and asking for directions, asks for directions to he, I guess the lake. Yeah, Pompidou then shows up with with a net that is that is probably uh, it's like a butterfly net. It's like a butterfly net, but it's on about like a on a stick foot foot stick, or this is yeah. yeah, I would have we have to say decimeters, right? Because it's British anyway. Decimeters. Yeah. Is that what they? Oh no. Use instead of feet. Well, yeah, like there's a centimeter. It would be a a decimeter, which is a tenth of a meter. I thought they would just – oh, I guess – yeah, I guess you're I right, decimated. So yeah. anyways, it's a long – it's a comically – well, not that comical, but it's he, an extremely long net. And he's just And he's like, it. I guess, going to fish with it and he's just yeah. smacking it but after repeatedly. His, after he repeatedly – Just going, ha! <laughs> yells we, we, and that's the really, water. And they, that's the whole joke. The come, whole joke <laughs> is that he goes, ha! when he throws his net in. They, the Yeah, after – but after that, they encounter a bird, and he has a full conversation with the bird. Yeah, which that? is another puppet—a puppet bird. A puppet bird, and then and then the bird 
is for no reason for no reason flies into the butler's mouth and he swallows it into his stomach into his stomach and and like like not just swallow because they're looking for food so you think like oh he ate the bird but it's like loose in his body cavity and they take him to the hospital and x-ray him and there's actually a little bird flying around in his body and pretty horrifically like it's freaking me out because it's like hitting all his organs and stuff and it's it's breaking his ribs off and making a nest in his body. Yeah, with that, his ribs, is cracking apart. So this was, guy, this butler's in agony. Yeah, the thing about this show is that it goes, it goes, it has this like lighthearted feel to it, but there are multiple gags that are like that's not unsettling adult, to watch, but really creepy in a really disturbing way. And I think the kids' show aspect of it is what makes it more disturbing because he's in this hospital in horrible pain and Pompidou's just in it for the food. Yeah. The whole time he's trying to steal food from like, from other people that are in the uh, hospital room with his butler. And there's, there were scenes in this episode that we kind of glossed over that I, they, that there are times where it's not that I don't find it funny or that I don't get the humor. It's that I literally don't understand what's going on at all. Yeah. Like when he was trying to lure he, – he originally tries to lure the bird by showing him one of those ball-in-a-cup games. He's yes. got like the ball in the cup mm-hmm. and he just kind of goes – and shows it to the bird and the bird just goes nah. And it's like what that, – that's not even remotely humorous but it's also like – I feel like I'm missing something that that I was supposed to have picked up on of what Pompidou meant to achieve with that ball in a cup. Yeah, I there there are gaps in logic in the things that Pompidou does that are would have would be easily explained given actual dialogue, but the fact that the only dialogue you get and the only explanation you get is through visual means, it's kind of hard to infer what's going on. And it's it, it gets rather confusing rather quickly, and you just kind of have to go with it or turn it off, which is what I did the first time. <laughs> well, this like this is this is weird. The hospital scene takes up the majority of the episode, yeah. and it's simultaneously so painfully boring and also so fucking batshit bananas insane. Like, first of all. The butler's not allowed to eat, which is the whole point of like they're at this hospital so that they can get the free food from the hospital. But he gets this sign by his head that says nil by mouth and it has a picture of a banana. Yeah. It just says nil by mouth. So I, I, I apparently he can't eat because he's got a bird inside his body and he's just in yeah. pain. So Pompidou hatches a plan. And Pompidou lays in one of the hospital beds and gets the food and he gets fed the food. But then they realize that he should have nil by mouth. So they also put a nil by mouth next to him. So it all ends up being a scheme of – but it comes down to the doctor just being a fucking asshole. Why is the doctor not allowing him to eat? And the doctor always eats the food. When he gets brought the food, he goes and he tries some of the food himself, exactly. which ends he's up just, being his downfall. No spoiler, food, spoiler alert. You know what jumped out at me is is before uh, Pompidou hatches his plan to be fake being a patient, he tries stealing food from the patient next to his butler who has his entire face except for his mouth wrapped in bandages so the guy can't see. And the thing about it is that 
the nurses just put the food in front of this guy and leave. Yeah. Expecting a, a man who was injured to be able to eat without sight. And I, yeah. I don't know about you, but I, I don't think I could eat without being able to look at my plate. And that's and that's what you're that's the thing that you're a little bit like that's where you kind of draw the line exactly. on believability here. Yeah, there's is that you don't believe a guy could eat without seeing his food? No, I'm you not You couldn't saying eat in the dark? That. I'm saying a I mean realistically is uh in a hospital situation a nurse would mount would feed the guy, spoon feed him. Because because if you think spoon feed him what appears to be a deep fried hot dog? Like a crispy they hot him, dog? They give him porridge. They give him jello. They give him multiple different things that would require you to take the spoon from the plate to your mouth. And if you can't see where the plate is, that's is an impossible task. You don't think that you could hit your get food from your plate to your mouth without seeing? If I had a head injury and I had to have <laughs> like, my, my head bandaged and I couldn't see and I didn't have any practice eating without sight before I would probably venture to guess that I would have a bit of a trouble with it and a nurse would at least have to assist me to get my get my food well that's a good point you think that's ridiculous no I mean I guess that I didn't pick up on that because I was kind of like more focused on the fact that Pompidou was wearing multiple layers of clothing and was cutting a like a a (laughs) A hospital gown into a tuxedo and then oh, doing God. a little dance and singing the theme song to his own show going in a, in a thing. But also you are right. Uh, the It was a little not believable that the guy couldn't really see that well, his fried hot dog. <laughs> well, I guess the, the entire He takes off his cl- – Pompidou, Pompidou takes his, his full suit that he has on off and the joke is that he has another suit underneath that scene was the scene where i i thought this is a show of like i'm watching a show that people who don't know what is funny think is funny it was that scene because he goes behind the little curtain and then he throws the suit over the curtain and then he throws another suit and then he throws a a piece of like a chainmail armor over and then he throws over a, a a t-shirt with a picture of detective Poirot on it and then just yeah. like a random shirt and then finally a sombrero and then he walks out. Clouseau. Inspector Clouseau. Who's Poirot? Who's Poirot? Poirot, Agatha Christie, the the guy with the the little mustache and he that talks was, like uh, the same Poirot. That was uh that was uh the Pink Panther no, guy. It's Poirot. You've never heard of Poirot? <laughs> I've never heard of Perot. I thought that was Inspector Clouseau. Inspector <laughs> Clouseau is the Pink Panther guy. Yeah. Inspector, uh, Inspector Poirot, who I believe Clouseau is a parody of, is an Agatha oh. Christie character. Okay. Like one of her most – I think it's like her most famous character is Inspector Perot. Look – He's got a lot of clothes on, this Pompidou, and he comes out when he finally gets naked. It's really upsetting because he's so he, – he's just – he's not in good shape. He, he's a little he's a little bit on the heavy side, would you say? Who? Would you Poirot? say? Pompidou? Pompidou? No. When he gets in the nude, were you a little upset? I, it was upsetting to me. When, he was wearing he, like Spanx. Yeah, it, I think – yeah, they were like Spanx or I think they would call them pants. In England, or Pompidou oh. would call them pants. 
Um, no, Pompidou would be like, hold, right, hold. Because, like, it, 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 uh, like certain, because at one point he asks, later in the episode, he asks someone for a comb, but you don't know he's asking for a comb because he keeps going, piffity shaloo. And then the, and then the nurse goes, piffity shaloo, and then gives oh. him a, a comb, which means the word for comb is piffity shaloo. You know, you, you bringing so up So there's that... like a language in this show. Do you think people are going to learn this language? I, I don't know, dude. I, I, are they, I don't because think this could be like Vulcan. Thought it out. I really don't. Do you think they don't have like words for words? I think that some words they do, like like that comb scene, but like piffity shaloo. Because there's some, there are some side characters that when they're talking, they're straight up just saying English words. Did you notice that too? It's like a random, like, it, it's a random uh, sampling of the English language within these people's people's dialogue. And they read English, yeah. Because all the all the writing is in English. They read like English words. Yeah, there's so a lot they, of like puns. I'm guessing it. Like, it, are they supposed to be speaking like really thick accented English, or are they are like? Like a Guy Ritchie character. Like they're speaking in such thick accents that it's like it is English. Like we're meant to understand that they're speaking English to each other, but we can't understand it. I don't know. I think we're going too deep into this. Let's get into the part where well, where I, that's what Papa I was going to say. The comb scene. Yeah. You, you glossed over the most ridiculous part of what's going on in that scene. He he takes no, the but butler. no, we got to get. How does he get to the? How does he get to that situation? Oh, that's how does, right. He how does he become a doctor? He completely drugs the doctor. He, he yeah, takes, he, he takes he orders more pills. food. Yeah, he orders puts him food, in and then he takes he, the sleeping pills, puts it in the food. The doctor steals it, eats it, and then he falls dies. asleep. Does he I, mean, die? I, I think he's dead. He seemed kind of dead. He killed him. He killed him, and then I think it's clothes. funnier if he killed him. Yeah. <laughs> so then Pompidou steals his hair. Does he steal his hair? How did he get the hair? I think that I think that was a, a toupee. So he's got a toupee and he's got like the doctor's outfit and he decides he's going to operate on the I, – I guess this is a kind of a skewering of the healthcare system because it's taking so long to operate on this bird in this, inside of this man that Pompidou takes it within himself to become a surgeon and, and cut the bird out of him. And so he's in the operating room and he's just – it was kind of disturbing. He's just taking a scalpel and just cutting his stomach like willy-nilly, just kind of slicing it open. And the thing is you – I was expecting it to be at a comical level. But at one point he drops his – like he loses his watch and he needs to find it. And then he just starts pulling organs, like realistic, bloody-looking – Bloody. Inside like guts of a human being. It looked like – like that scene from Braveheart almost where he was just pulling yeah. guts out looking for his watch and it was and, it was like realistic but it was weird because the, what made it more disturbing is that up until that point the surgery scene had been 100% bloodless to the point where you go okay this is a kids show it's going to be like operation board game kind of like oh he's going to pull the bird out or the bird's going to come out because when he was getting the x-ray he had no organs it was just like bone like he was just a skeleton with a bird yeah and like but then suddenly we're five minutes into the scene where it's completely bloodless and suddenly it just gets gory. He's ripping intestines out of the guy and like pulling his <laughs> fucking lungs out and stuff. And then he climbs watch. into the body. He climbs into his body. He climbs his whole Pompidou. <laughs> Who's, Pompidou, a many, fat, how many very fat. do you think Pompidou would weigh? 30 stone at least. 30 stone at least. The, 
the guy climbs into his own butler's body cavity, like his entire body till his feet are sticking out to get his watch. And they don't sh- and they don't show him getting the bird out. It just randomly cuts to the next scene and the bird sitting there just goes, I'm free in English. <laughs> Puppet bird. The thing about this show is it's so uncomfortable and it's so awkward to watch because it's just you, you just feel uneasy the entire time at how bad it is that there are moments where you have to laugh because at, just at how ridiculously awful it is. And when that bird said, "I'm free," I, I couldn't hold it. I was I was just laughing my ass off. It's like seeing a stand-up comedian who is really bombing, but also doesn't notice he's bombing and is. Ha- thinks he has like some of the most killer punchlines. Like he's he's hitting those punchlines hard, and it's just to crickets. And I, you literally are just watching it, going like, someone wrote this. Someone fucking there was a script. There was a they set up a set. There was a fucking trailers for these actors, and they waited to go on scene to act in this scene. That the funny big punchline is a puppet bird going, "I'm free from a." man's body it the the same feeling i get watching this show was the feeling i got the other the other day i i I went to get coffee and i ended up going on open mic night and there was a ventriloquist there oh god and he was telling so there were puppets involved so there was a puppet involved and and he was telling jokes that that were along the lines of uh like well i don't want to have someone controlling me all the time like you and then the puppet replies you're already married <laughs> like jokes like oh, that God. that is the exact same feeling that this television show elicits in in me yeah it's, and there are a couple of ventriloquists involved considering how many <laughs> puppet animals are talking and shit that's, that's true that's true so so he finally solves it and he brings the butler home and at this point the uh he's it still doesn't have food, right? And the dog's there. The dog hasn't. The dog hasn't even stopped reading his book. Still reading her the book. same book. Her book, yeah. And then the, the she's definitely a female dog, Pompidou a bitch, a real bitch. Sits the butler down, who is in like audible, noticeable pain still from from having this surgery, and the the doorbell rings, and Pompadour doesn't answer it. He makes the butler get it. And he's such an asshole. Pompidou's the biggest <laughs> douchebag. Just a piece of shit. And uh, it's the fisherman from before, and he he offers them a fish. A fish. But it's like a, like not even a fully grown fish. It's probably like – Like a sardine. Inches. Yeah, it's like a sardine. And Pompidou finally is like, oh, Pompidou, I'm going to eat some food. And uh, – Oh, God, we didn't even mention the fact that whenever they're having a conversation and they want you to understand what it is, a speech bubble appears above their head with yeah, video and they pop inside it. it. Yeah. And, then they, and then they pop it like by poking it with their finger. Oh, so, there's a lot of things. Like, we can't touch on everything in this show. We're going to – there's so much to talk about. The fact that Pompidou sings the theme song to the show like five times during this episode, like at length. Yeah. But sings just, his own song for no reason. Absolutely no reason. And <laughs> yeah, for so, too long. So the closing shot is finally he, he's going to get the fish and then the fish is still alive. Did you think that fish was still alive or did you think the fisherman had really yeah, like, do they hands? live? Do they live right? Well, it had for the final joke. 
where spoiler alert the fish goes in the <laughs> yeah it slips out mouth, of his hands flies into his mouth flies into the butler's mouth and then it's like you can hear it swimming inside of him right yeah so he he's uh, the fish is alive fish which is means alive. like so like do they live right next to this lake where they're because when the fisherman first arrive he's asking for directions to this lake and they give him this complicated directions on a map, but for him to transport a fish out of water alive, he'd have to have got there no, pretty quickly. Here's what I think is happening, and here's the the shocking implication of the of this world is that all animals have enough intelligence to be able to talk to humans because it's already been established that they can talk to the dog and the bird. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say probably that fish. So the fish was 100% alive, still out of water, totally fine. And the implication here is that every single time you eat meat in this world, you are killing an animal that you could just have a full conversation with. And it's, and it rationalizes and speaks like a human. But these animals seem to want to be eaten. The bird wanted the bird like flew couldn't the be happy. Mouth. Flew into the guy's mouth, the and fish. this fish just launches itself into his mouth, like, straight into <laughs> his body. Just like, how does the fish even get there? It's like they were like, "Well, the funniest thing for to happen at the end of this episode is for another animal to go inside this <laughs> fucking guy's mouth," and they, this. This fish just jumps in, and then there's literally this final moment of the butler just going, oh, and it just ends. Like, that's the punchline. It's just that animals are just shoving themselves into this butler's. I hated this. I hated this show. I, I, I love it because it's so bad. And I think that that's what it's so long. It's cold. You're right. You're right there. The show is. Because they twenty five minutes out. an episode with no commercials. Because they because I feel like there there's only this this kind of humor would only work in small doses in small like maybe like a a sketch comedy show has this be one of the recurring sketches like that's about as much of this humor as you can handle. But the fact that there's going to be six of these at twenty five minutes, Matt, and we're, we're going to go through three hours of Pompidou. And we're going to talk for at least half an hour after each one. And we're going to put these out. And you can follow along and watch the episode so you know what we're talking about. But, like, part of the point of this is to have on record a way for you to be at least somewhat entertained by it. And also just to, like, how does this exist? What is going on? What were they thinking? And why did Netflix put their name on this because this Netflix is not- original series this popped up the only I'm sure all of you guys have at least seen this because one day I opened my Netflix it was like the featured thing exactly check it out alright so that that brings it up to uh, the end of the show and this is this is the end segment uh, I'm gonna call the Pompidou laugh count where uh, Matt and I were keeping a tally of the amount of times that we actually legitimately laughed in that mm-hmm. in the episode uh the first episode of Pompidou. So, Matt, uh, what was your tally? How many times did you laugh? I laughed twice. Like, actually, laughed out loud. I will. I'm, I'm in a never. I'm never gonna lie. Like, if this show makes me laugh, I will admit to it. And Give both of these things are not do. funny. Both of these things are not funny. But the time, the first time that I laughed was when Pompidou was flinging his butterfly net into the lake and going. 
And then the fisherman <laughs> teaches him to like be more gentle. And he goes, oh, and sits down. And then they wait a beat. And I knew it was coming. They wait a beat of him being silent. And then he does one more. And like flings it down in the lake. And I, la- I, I went, I did one of those. Like just blurted out laughing. Um, um, and the second time I laughed was when Pompidou took all his clothes off and made all the all those uh, hospital gowns into a full suit with a top hat and started dancing around. I just I don't know why I was laughing. I feel like I was like pain laughing, but it was a real laugh. So I'll give him credit there. All right. I'm on board with you. I myself also laughed two times. Um, the, the one the first time I laughed was when the uh when he did the dance and he he just because he takes they give him the hospital gown and he goes in the back and he starts cutting it up with scissors and then he comes out in a three-piece suit in a top hat <laughs> made out of the hospital gowns material <laughs> and starts singing the theme song and going i laughed during that and then i i laughed when the bird um said like i'm okay or whatever (laughs) (laughs) so i had a two lap uh if you're interested uh make sure to subscribe to pompadour review if you want to there's gonna be six apps there's gonna be six apps it's gonna be until season two of pompadour Um, do you think they'll do season two (laughs) i hope so because then we can have a season two yeah (laughs) well maybe we'll do a kickstarter to like Get the season two made so that we can do season two of Pompadou Review. Pompadou Reviews season two Kickstarter. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, you can check us out on our normal show, The Countdown. Matt, what's the, uh, what, where should people go to find The Countdown? For The Countdown, you can go to Stitcher Radio and search The Countdown and uh, click on the one that is a white background with a caricature of a guy with glasses and a guy with red hair. Um, or you could go on iTunes and search either Matt Grippy or Chasen Door and click podcast on the right side. And the only other one besides this show should probably be The Countdown. And you can listen to that. That's a weekly show where we do more of a discussion of non Pompadour related things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, exactly. you know, if you want to hear more talking, All that's right. where to go. Thanks for listening to Pompadour Review. I'm your host, Lincoln Bartlett, and as always, I'm joined by the talented Matt Grippy. <laughs> I uh, wish you would say the talented Mr. Grippy, because that makes the whole... Fine, I, talented I'm, I'm, Mr. Grippy. Not that there's anything wrong with, with uh, being the talented Mr. Ripley, except for the serial killer part. <laughs> if he was just a charming gay Matt Damon, there's nothing wrong with that, but I am not a charming gay Matt Damon. I'm just a charming, straight enough Matt Grippy. All right, thank you for listening and uh, go home and enjoy Pompadour.